listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Thursday the 11th of November. You're listening to Recap made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. But before we get into it, here's the financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hi there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. An auspicious day. It is. It's 11-11. It's actually my favourite day of the year. (laughs) Double hockey sticks all around. Uh, Why is it your favourite? I just, 11 is my favorite or my lucky number. And so obviously 11, 11, but I feel like it is a, you know, a lot of people consider it to be a lucky number and it is of course Armistice Day. Yeah. So back in 1918, uh, I've just been reading, um, this is sort of the official kind of day that uh, the the Armistice uh, was signed between the Allies and Germany, basically uh, ending the First World War. Yeah, and you um, told me a fun fact before that in all of the celebrations, Aucklanders couldn't celebrate because they were experiencing a pandemic and some sort of weird sense of deja vu, right? I know, it's just a weird, like, a sort of kind of reverberation for history. So obviously, Armistice Day on the 11th, and there were all sorts of Armistice Day uh, celebrations around the world, and particularly in New Zealand. So uh, they celebrated um, with parades and other main centres across across New Zealand, but in Auckland, they were, you know, there was, they were right in the middle of an influenza pandemic, so they had to postpone celebrations in a weird mirroring of what's happening right now. It is a bit creepy, isn't it? But shall we get into it? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's move past the architecture of history and uh, see what's been happening today. What has been happening today, Alice? Well, uh, there was a company that made its debut on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange over in the US, and this one in particular has been quite highly anticipated by investors. Now, you're talking about the Rivian one, right? That's right. So Rivian, the electric vehicle maker, they went public through an initial public offering, or IPO, uh, today in the US. Now, this was a listing that investors had been holding out for, and in fact, according to Refinitiv, uh, it's the largest IPO of the year on a global scale and the 12th largest listing ever. Wow, okay. So so what happened? So Rivian priced their shares in the IPO at $78 US per share. That was higher than what the company had previously indicated they were going to list the shares at. Uh, now, this share price also allowed the company to raise an estimated $11.9 billion through their IPO. And according to CNN, uh, that's the largest amount of money raised for a US company through an IPO since Facebook went public back in 2012. Uh, the social media giant at the time raised $16 billion uh, through their listing. Okay, so Rivian priced their shares at $78 in the IPO. What did the share price do after that? Uh, well, shares then started trading at $106.75. That was up 37% uh, from that initial price. Then they closed the day at $100.73. That's up 30%. Uh, so overall, that gives Rivian a market value of about $98 billion. That seems like a, a lot of interest in the company. 
Yeah, as I sort of alluded to before, this was an IPO that people had been talking about for some time. Um, the electric vehicle industry is one that has caught the interest of investors, as we sort of know through Tesla. Uh, now, this li- listing comes right after the COP26 conference that was attended by leaders from around the world. And there had been a lot of talk there around um, reducing greenhouse gases and in particular uh, through fossil fuels. But interestingly, Rivian is still uh, in its quite early stages as a business. What do you mean by that? So for example, Rivian only started producing and delivering vehicles two months ago, uh, just back in September. So Rivian said that they don't expect to make more than $1 million in revenue for this quarter. And um, they do expect to make a loss of $1.2 billion. But they're backed by some pretty big companies, right? Yeah, you're right. Amazon, uh, who we all know, uh, they own about 20% of the company. And apparently that stake is now worth um, $17 billion. Rivian also has a deal with Amazon to deliver 100,000 vehicles uh, to the company by 2025. Um, And then on a separate note, Ford, um, the other automobile company, they own a 12% stake in Rivian. uh, And that's now worth $10 billion. But isn't Ford getting into the EV space? Why would they own a stake in Rivian? Well, Ford's executives has said uh, that their interest in Rivian is a strategic investment. So Rivian wants to expand the electric vehicle market past the sort of standard sedan uh, vehicles that currently dominate the industry. Rivian makes pickup trucks. In fact, they actually bet Tesla, General Motors and Ford to the market with a fully electric pickup truck. They also make SUVs and then they've developed an electric delivery van uh, in partnership with Amazon. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Alice. Let's just keep swimming. I hear that the House of Mouse filed some results today, Jose. That's right. Disney reported its fourth quarter earnings. And the top line story here is that the media and entertainment giant missed a whole bunch of expectations. Okay, so just give me the simple bare necessities. So this was for the quarter ending on October the 2nd. Disney was expected to pull in 57 cents per share, but reported 37 cents. In revenue, it filed 18.53 billion US dollars, just below the expected 18.79 billion. I guess that's just the circle of life. Uh, so what about the fortunes of Disney Plus? Yeah, good call. That, uh, of course, is Disney's streaming platform. It's a big player in the so-called streaming wars. So going into the earnings call, Wall Street commentators had picked Disney Plus to increase its subscribers by 9.4 million, bringing the total number to, to 125.4 million. Now, on the day, though, it was more in line with Disney's own estimates. Over the quarter, the service added 2.1 million, bringing the number of people who pay to use the service to watch the cat from outer space to 118.1 million people. Maybe just think happy thoughts. Uh, Out of interest, how many subscribers does Netflix have? As of October this year, 213.5 million. Now, digging a little deeper into the earnings call, the average monthly revenue per subscriber for for Disney Plus came in at $4.12. That's down by 9% year over year. Now, Disney actually attributed that to its Disney Plus and Hotstar bundle in India and Indonesia. Now, Hotstar is a branded streaming service based in India and owned by Disney. Both that and Disney Plus are actually cheaper in those countries and that's pulled down subscriber revenue over the past couple of quarters. Okay, and were there any diamonds in the rough? 
Uh, content sales and licensing revenue was up 9% to $2 billion. And they have had a really good run of box office hits, including Free Guy, Black Widow, and Shang-Chi. But despite that, the company said there's still wide-scale disruption across the TV and film production industry due to the pandemic. Uh, it's still in recovery mode, so theatres are still opening up and there's been fewer productions. So although revenue is up, content sales and licensing posted an operating loss of $65 million. Well, you've got to reach for the sky. Uh, was there any indication of what the next couple of quarters might look like for Disney? Disney's theme parks have seen a pickup in attendance due to the increase in COVID-19 vaccinations. Event parks, hotels and merchandise saw revenue grow 26% to $5.45 billion, although meeting safety requirements for workers and guests cost the company $1 billion through 2021. And although it's looking forward to the return of international attendance to its parks in the US, of course, uh, America has opened up its borders again to some countries, Disney says it doesn't expect that substantially to impact the company until the second half of 2022. And the company also said that the second half of next year will see a lot more content produced for Disney+, Plus, including instalments from its big brands like Marvel, Star Wars and Pixar. Hakuna Matata. Thanks, Jose. <laughs> I feel like I should just give a brief apology uh, for all of those <laughs> Disney references. Why apologise? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Actually, it. yeah, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> Why am I apologising? <laughs> okay, so if you didn't know what was going on in that Disney story, um, for a bit of fun we decided to script in a whole bunch of quotes from Disney movies over the years. So that's what was happening there in case uh, you were worried. Uh, but anyway, finally for today, uh, I'll wrap us up with some news from Zero. Uh, Zero being the cloud-based accounting software company, they of course are a Kiwi-born company that have operations across the world and are listed on the Australian Securities Exchange. So what is Zero's news? Well, Zero made a couple of newsworthy announcements today. Uh, first, the company released their results for the first half of their financial year. And second, they announced a new acquisition. Okay, let's start on the financial results. What happened with those? So as I just mentioned, these are for the first half of their financial year. This was to the end of September. Now, Zero said that they delivered a strong performance driven by the continued adoption of cloud-based software and digital tools. What were some of the numbers? So Zero highlighted that operating revenue increased 23% from a year ago to $506 million. Uh, their subscriber count actually also increased 23%. That rose to $3 million. And then their annualised monthly recurring revenue increased 29% to $1.1 billion. Now, I have to ask, what is annualised monthly recurring revenue? Yeah, that's a good question. Now, this is a metric often used by software companies. Uh, so firstly, uh, monthly recurring revenue represents the revenue Zero would expect to receive each month based on their subscriptions. So if you think about it, like if I sign up to a subscription of a kind, like my phone bill, I sort of know in advance how much I'm going to pay each month. Mm. A bit like that for, uh, for a company on the receiving end, they'll sort of be able to estimate the amount of subscription revenue that they receive from uh, their customers. So if you then multiply that by 12, um, you can calculate the annualised monthly recurring revenue feature. Uh, now Zero highlighted that this was the first time this metric reached over $1 billion for the company. Right. And did the company make a profit? 
No, it didn't. Zero made a loss of $5.9 million for the six months. That's compared to a $34.5 million profit they made a year ago. Uh, but Zero did highlight that this time last year, uh, which the results have been compared against, that was right at the height of the global pandemic. Uh, and the company was cutting back a lot of costs, sort of out of caution. Um, and hence, that drove that profit. But now that the conditions have improved, Zero said that they're spending more um, as an investment into sales and marketing costs. Cool. So now let's move on to this acquisition that Zero's done. What was that? Yeah, so alongside the the results announcement today, Zero also announced that they're acquiring a company called Locate Inventory or Locate. So Locate is a US cloud-based inventory management provider. And now Zero said that they they did the acquisition because it supports their strategic priority to grow their small business platform. And they said it also strengthens their e-commerce offering and it supports their growth opportunities across North America. So how will this fit in alongside with what Xero already offers? Well, Xero will embed Locate's inventory and e-commerce capability within Xero uh, to enhance their own inventory management offering. So Xero said that their new inventory management offering will help small businesses track and manage inventory in real time uh, across multiple regions and channels. Now, the offering is expected to launch first in the US uh, before being made available in other markets. And how much is Xero paying for Locate, for Locate rather? Uh, 19 million US dollars. Now, 14 million of this will be paid up front as a mixture of cash and as shares in zero. Then 5 million uh, of that will be in the form of employee incentive benefits to locate, uh, which employees will be able to cash out in three to five years time uh, that's provided they sort of stay employed with the company. Great. Thanks, Alice. And that was recap for the 11th of November. Such a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz if you do want to get in touch. Or you could also leave a voice message on our Anchor page. See you tomorrow. Matewa. Matewa.